Yo, 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 everybody. Welcome back inside the lunch table. Two-man tandem here on a Thursday, a very special Thursday episode here. I'm sitting down with the Showtime, uh, what is it, second appearance now for you, big man? Uh, Alan Mendez sitting down with me. How you doing, big man? I'm doing great. How are you? Oh, I can't complain here on a Thursday. And let's talk about that. Why are we here on a Thursday? And me and Alan are sitting down on a, uh, I guess you could say this is our first um Full football conversation. We're going to stay across the water this entire conversation as we look at the state of Chelsea Football Club. And we're going to talk to you a little bit about the Super League. Both ideas have become absolutely just dominant in the news cycle this past week as uh, almost everything on my timeline has been either Chelsea Football Club or then today breaking with the Super League. So with all that being said, we're going to go ahead and dive on into some content here. And uh, we did wait till today to do this episode because there was so much information coming out. And I wanted, I wanted to make sure that we got this story completely accurate because there's been so much, so much misinformation going around about the sale of Chelsea, who Roman Abramovich really is, why he's selling the club. And I think at the point we're at now, because me and, Mind- me and Alan spent so much time, so much time trying to dig into this, figure out what was factual and what's not. And I think we're at the point now where we're really ready, ready to bring you all this episode in. With all of that being said, Mendez, let's dive on in and let's first start off with why. Why do you think the um, a big six member, one of European giants, why do you think Chelsea is for sale? Simply because there's a picture of him and a, the Russian president. That is the only reason. So I and actually... And actually, I'm going to agree with him here. I think the picture is what is on everyone's mind. And so this conversation started on, let's see, what was it? Last Thursday, I believe, right? Mendez, last Thursday or last Wednesday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, there started to become, there was rumbling in British Parliament that there were sanctions coming. As many of you know, and hopefully everyone knows, there is war that broke out in Ukraine. And uh, one of the ways that this has tied itself into sports is at the very top of the Russian oligarchs. And Roman Abramovich is the owner of Chelsea. And uh, Roman Abramovich is a uh, very interesting character. I think me and Alan learned that over these past couple of days, digging into um, both him as an individual and his past decisions. And I think one thing that's safe to say about Roman Abramovich is nobody really knows for sure. And I don't know if Mendez would disagree with me there, but I think reading uh, all of the stuff we read is that so many people are stretching with speculation. And there's nothing wrong with speculation. Speculation is often the way that we find the truth. But unfortunately, (laughs) we've been (laughs) speculating on Roman now since 2003. And this is and this is why this story means so much to me and Mendez. And um, the reason why it caught my eye so early was because almost the first day of parliament, the head of labor came up to the microphone and he accused Roman Abramovich of a lot of things. But not once has he backed any of these accusations up with any type of real proof. And then today I thought I think we saw something that was very detrimental to the story as uh, news came out of Parliament that they're not going to be able to land sanctions on on Abramovich. Uh, A Chelsea, a very trusted Chelsea reporter of mine is saying that Abramovich will not be sanctioned by the uh, UK government. And um, I think this goes to show you uh, a lot about the sell, Alan, as we heard from the Swiss guy. So we do have a Swiss banker. Tell me about this Swiss guy who uh, we think is going to be our lead investor on the new Chelsea buy. Oh, that man is, um, pulled up. He is, <laughs> I, don't, I, can't, I don't have the name in front of me either. Basically, Abramovich offered him the team last season, right? And he offered him the team for 4 billion euros, right? That is a very high price tag, very high price tag. And part of the reason why this price tag is so high 
is because I don't think Abramovich wants to sell. And we're going to circle back to our first question here. Why is Chelsea for sale? The reason why I believe Chelsea is for sale is because I believe Roman Abramovich is, is tired of all of this. I think Roman Abramovich is tired of being the scapegoat for English Parliament anytime there is a situation that involves Russia. Because at the end of the day, I feel like as me and as we dug into this research deeper and deeper, I think Roman Abramovich has tried to distance himself from the Russian government. And maybe Alan will disagree with me here. But my reason why I think he has tried to distance himself from the Russian government is he has now acclaimed himself as a Jewish citizen. You've seen all of these papers. They have to write Roman Abramovich as a Russian Jew. It's Russian slash Jewish now because he's no longer just a Russian. And so my next question to you is, do you think do you think Abramovich is selling the team because of the things we've seen on Twitter, the dark reasons, because he's a criminal warlord mastermind that is trying to get out ahead of the curve on this? No. Tell me why. Tell me why. He has, let's see, you said he was Jewish. Well, he has a Jewish citizenship. He also, he tried to buy a house in Sweden. I mean, Sweden, Switzerland. And he has a Portuguese passport. Like That's I'm the I'm, research I have. So many, like, and um, the the thing that really bonkers me down is my next question to you is: Tell me, um, is was Roman Abramovich a good owner? Did when Roman Abramovich bought Chelsea in two thousand and three? Tell me, um, a little bit about Roman Abramovich as an owner. Do you think Chelsea fans are happy to see him go? Do you think this is a painful process for Chelsea fans? Tell me about him as an owner and what uh, what you think he added to the team. He was a great owner. Uh, before before he arrived, they weren't they were still considered a top six, right? But they weren't like respectable. Into that, yeah, respectable. That United, that Arsenal. But as soon as 2003 came, uh, uh, like a year or two years later, they got Premier League. They were Premier the League chosen champs. one. <laughs> the chosen one, Jose Marino. We all know that. Yes, sir. Then, like 12 years later, or just recently, when they won this Club World Cup, they completed winning every single trophy that they possible. UEFA Champions League, um, Club World Cup. Cabrero Cup, FA Cup, Premier League. Uh, what's the other one that I'm missing? Every trophy you can Every imagine. Trophy. Every trophy. UEFA Super Club or Super Cup. That they, they've won that too. Yeah, I mean, yeah, every, everything, everything. And the, I think he nailed it right on the head, man. Um, Roman Abramovich gave everything to this club man um when when i was born i was born in the year 2003 uh first uh, the premiership came big to me probably 2010 2009 um at that point i was more of just a fly on the wall enjoying the premiership with my father but in that that first season i remember watching dda drogba ring up eight in the last game as chelsea just hammered i think it was qpr mm-hmm. they put eight on in the last game of the season and i said wow wow and as you grow up you learned you learn more about the game you learn more about the big six you learn more about the history and if I'm being honest with you, the average football fan doesn't know the history of Chelsea before 2003. Um, most people, the the birth of Chelsea Football Club is the Jose Mourinho press conference. That is that is the day that Chelsea became the the the, the entity that they are in the global game now. Because when what Roman Abramovich did financially, I mean, think about the names they signed between 2003 and just 2006. Like, just straight away, it was bang, 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 bang. And um, I think the what tells you all you need to know about Roman Abramovich was what John Terry put on Instagram. Um, John Terry knew. 
John Terry, uh, John Terry, for those of you who don't know who John Terry is, John Terry is the captain of the England uh, football club for what, 10 seasons? A, a long time. He was the captain mm-hmm. of England, uh, captain of Chelsea as well, a staple of what they stood for as a club, um, a glorified red card against Mendez's boys. This man is, he gave <laughs> ev- everything to this club, club legend, uh, English legend, loved by everyone in England. John Terry is just a poster boy of what English football looks like. He actually posted a, a almost like a farewell support message to Abramovich. And um, I think that tells you what Chelsea, what the Chelsea players think of Roman Abramovich. And this isn't, a lot of owners are so disconnected from the club. And at United, uh, the Glazers are as disconnected from the club as you can be. They don't, we don't. Exactly. Like, when, was the, when was the last time you ever saw a club owner go down after his team wins a championship? Champions League, regard, regardless of what it is, when was the last time you went, you saw them go down? To the field and celebrate with them, hold the trophy with them. It Last time I remember was Leicester City. Yeah, and, and Leicester. But you, the thing people have to remember about Leicester is uh, that was a um, it's the greatest title of my lifetime in ever in any sport. I mean that that will never be matched again. What Leicester City did um, across every single title, uh, NCA, NC State, and bat. It's not even comparable, man. What Leicester City did, Roman Abramovich. It was just pure passion. It was just flat out pure passion man the only mm-hmm. thing he woke up and wanted to do to that club was win and a lot of people got because i, I give you roman abramovich definitely had a short fuse when it came to gaffers um i don't i don't <laughs> think Mendes will disagree with me there there have been some gaffers that uh let's just say there's only been three chelsea coaches that have finished their contracts of one of them being thomas tuchel who's there now uh there's a reason for that, but that's even that nobody, that's kind of like, it was just part of the the process that comes with being Chelsea football club. No one holds Chelsea football club to that. Uh, Lampard was well aware when he took the Chelsea job that it's a tough gaffering job, man. It is not easy. And Tuchel was well aware of that. He knew that he had to win and do it quickly because Roman Abramovich has a short fuse, but I, even no one will tell you that in his sacking of gaffer, she ever held this club back. I mean, if you go all the way back from the Jose era on, Conte in between, I mean, this team has just been generationally successful. And uh, it scares me, man. It scares me because one thing, uh, the the biggest thing I want to highlight um, on Roman Abramovich before we move off of this topic, Mendez, after, so let's say, I say we did, we spent probably five days, five days deep digging into Roman Abramovich. Any crappy article you could find. Hell, I was reading paper stock articles from the 90s, man. Like, it was tough, man. <laughs> right? Early reports. Yes, bro. It BBC. was tough. <laughs> it was tough. I'm not going to lie to you people. Mendez, tell me out of all the research we did, can you concretely tell me one illegal thing Roman Abramovich has done? No. I can't either. I cannot think I can give you um, <clears throat> uh, suspicions, accusations, things where maybe I could see him going the wrong way. But at the end of the day, after all of nothing the research hard evidence did, that gives him that guilty, that there has been guilty. multiple nothing. trips to a courthouse. He has been there have been times uh, in, in 2011 and 2012. We spent a lot of time digging into the court case with Berzowski. Ber- Ber- a, yeah, um, something like that. I apologize for my Russian pronunciation of names. Unfortunately, I'm not hitting those too hard, but I believe it is Berzowski that was um, in the court case with Abramovich. And I think that court case really, really highlights the fact that if they couldn't find anything there, I mean, those accusations seem to have punched to them and 
they even did it in an English courthouse. And I just, at the end of the day, we ran all the way through that transcript. And even the judge told me there's nothing concrete here. This is speculation. This is, he said, she said, and I, Mm -hmm. I think that's my, that's my biggest issue with this right now is the fact that there are people that continuously go on the floor of British parliament and call for Roman Abramovich's head and then do not defend their statement. The only reason why they can ask for his head on a platter is because he is Russian. He, at, at one point, they know for a fact he was in the same country as Putin. They know for a fact that he's got he money. He was his governor. Exactly. He spent, he spent, what was it, eight years, I think, something like that. And because, and that was in what, 96? 2000? Yeah. Like early, it was early like, law. It was, it was thing a, is that he resigned as a governor. <laughs> exactly. And he, think, stepped, he stepped he down stepped down from the poach. Yes, exactly. And the other thing I want people to understand is, there are people, and I think we see this a lot in the 2011-2012 court case with Abramovich, there were a lot of people who just tried to make things up that happened in, in Russia during the 90s. And that is not fair to Abramovich to blame him for things that we don't know what happened. I don't even know if some of the, I don't even know if Brasowski, who was suing Abramovich, knows what happened during the 90s. And I just don't think English Parliament is thinking this into rights when they just go on this and scream into a television prompter. Because that's what they do. They just go in there and scream into a television prompter. And I think the one that really got me uh, was the um, was Thomas Tuchel uh, at the press conference a couple of days ago, Mendez, when uh, the reporter asked him uh, real quick, can you tell me about uh, the state of ownership? Is uh, And Tuchel exploded on the guy. He flat out exploded on the guy. He said, you cannot keep doing this to me. Every single day I come in here and you ask me, you ask me these questions about the owner. I'm not a politician. I'm a football coach. I'm, I'm not, a, I know nothing of war. And I think that is, that is the state that this mm-hmm. is at is Abramovich has tried to make this as quiet as possible. I think he took the loss very early. Like I, I think very early into this process, he accepted. He should have fact, accepted it. Yeah. You could tell he was tired of it. Mm-hmm. And I just, I just feel like they're, uh, they're beating up on a dead horse. Um, I think they just want to kick him because he's down. I think uh, they see, they, they, they see blood and they're they're going for the kill, man. And it just, it just bugs me so much because I think, um, I think Tuchel's expression was everything you needed. I mean, it was just painful to watch. And tell me, do you think this affects uh, morale in the dressing room? Mm, yes. Tell me why, and tell me uh, how impactful. As um, damn. I think this speaks you're to what even, he means as, the, this, as a like to the club as well. Owner. Yeah. You're gonna you're gonna be see if it's a new owner, which we have. Three different people. They're not going to be as passionate. I don't you see think your I owner agree. just not as passionate. That just wants money. Hell, just look at um, who's a good example. Arsenal. I think Arsenal is a great example. Yes, sir. Um, I just think Arsenal has completely lost their culture, the touch. Um, that's the word. I mean, I'm they sacked their. They're, they're going to lose their. <laughs> like like Wenger was their Fergie, bro, and they sacked him. Like, now, granted, I'm not right? a big fan of what Wenger's done since he's left with FIFA and the two-year World Cup and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, I mean, what he did for that club is undeniable. And uh, they sacked him. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just I, – I, this is – and this is one of my fears with Chelsea Football Club as they go up for sale. Um, what – I don't think there was a single day where I woke up and worried about Chelsea. They spent 100 mil on Lukaku, and let's be, let's be honest. I think Lukaku is going to flop. I think he's going back to Milan in the summer. I had literally yeah. no worries. Uh, I knew Abramovich would get funds back into the club, and they would probably reload at striker this offseason because that's just who their owner was. I mean, Abramovich does not let them sit at average for long. 
Like the fact, Never. think about it when, Never. when, when Conte, when Conte left and, and Lampard take over, remember they had um, the issues with the uh, uh, suspension from UEFA about signing players. And then For the next years. season they won the champions league. Like, I mean, the fact that like, that is credit to Abramovich. Abramovich went into that play. And th- the reason why Kai Havertz is there is Abramovich. That has nothing to do with Lampard. Uh, Abramovich inked Kai Havertz. And I think that is, there are not owners who are actively aggressive like Roman Abramovich is. And exactly. Um, the, exactly. Reason, the, the thing that made Roman Abramovich great as an owner was Roman Abramovich was absolutely committed to one thing, success. It did not matter what it cost. What it took, it didn't matter if he had to fire his gaffer in the middle of the season. It didn't matter. He was gonna, what, he was gonna get to it one way or another. Ever it took, Roman Abramovich was going to make that club successful. And the thing that people do not understand, um, what's the debt number, uh, Alan? Tell our visitors, uh, how are our, our visitors, our viewers, uh, how much money does Chelsea Football Club owe Roman Abramovich that he's not even asking for back? <laughs> that he's about, not even asking for about two point one billion euros with a billion, billion. 2.1 bill that he has just loaned to the club he doesn't even want it back he doesn't hey, even uh, listen bro but if you don't want it i'll take it man if you just look at write a blank check man i mean so yeah, i'm not gonna say no to that but like i said that like and the thing is is like people have tried to say that like he's a scum he's trying to just make as much money from the sale of the club so now we know that he's a not asking for the money or the debt money back and now he's now said that the net sale from the club will be going to the victims of the war of ukraine and i just oh but just, he's still a scumbag he's still a scumbag. and the thing is so he makes this official statement and this is the thing that really blew my mind about the internet so he makes this official statement says whatever i'm selling the club i'm moving on it's no big deal and the reaction was they tore the statement apart because he said he was going to donate the money to the victims of the war of Ukraine. Instead of the people of Ukraine, he said the victims of the war of Ukraine. So everyone, oh, my God, he's going to give the money to Putin and he's going to pay for the war and he's going to go oh buy tanks and ballistic God. missiles. And no, he's not. No, he's not. And the thing that like, people don't understand is Roman Abramovich worked to take himself out of the public sphere. He worked to like he right, well, made when was his the last time so you ever private. When was the last time you ever heard of him and Putin in the same sentence besides the past two months? That's what I'm saying. It wasn't even a conversation. It was nothing people were talking about. And the thing that really blows my mind about this situation, and it shows you the hypocrisy of the premiership. And I've talked about the hypocrisy of the premiership plenty of times. Uh, and the hypocrisy of the premiership for me is in two places. A, it's in Palestine and B, it's with the Uyghur Muslims in China. And I feel like you cannot pick and choose social issues to care about when they benefit you, because that's what the premiership does. And that's what English Parliament is doing right now, because at the end of the day, when Mesut Ozil was at Arsenal, he did as much as he could to raise awareness of the struggles of the Uyghur Muslims in China. And you know what he was told by that football club? shut your mouth they said sit down and shut your mouth and the thing is is like i don't get me wrong what goes there's no way in hell that we are standing on the side of the russian oligarchs during this conversation i do not want that to be your takeaway from this conversation your takeaway from this conversation needs to be a the hypocrisy that comes out of these people's mouths when they think you are just flat out stupid enough to believe whatever they say because that's what english parliament believes 
They really believe that you are just flat enough, stupid enough to believe whatever they say, whatever, whatever they say. And be- let, let, let me read you a sentence that was from that 2012 case that we were talking about earlier. <clears throat> In September 2012, the England and Wales High Court judge Elizabeth Gloucester claimed that Abramovich's influence on Putin was limited. And I quote, there was, li- there was no evidential basis supporting the contention that Mr. Abramovich was in a position to manipulate or otherwise influence President Putin or officers in his administration to exercise their powers in such a way as to enable Mr. Abramovich's to achieve his own commercial goals. Hypocrisy. Uh, Hypocrisy. I I think the um, phrase now, granted, they don't play by the same constitution we do, but at the end of the day over here, we use a rule that said innocent until proven guilty. And I think that is innocent and proven innocent. I, this is the thing that right. blows my mind. You cannot ask for a court's opinion and then disregard the court's opinion because that's what this is. So many people I've seen, especially coming out of parliament over the past couple of weeks who have asked for this right here. They say, well, we don't know what's going to say because the courts haven't spoke. Yes, they have. Yes, they have. And like, I just, it just blows my mind that this is just flat out people lying to you. Looking you in, a, in the in the camera, reading a teleprompter that is scripted with lies. And the only reason why they are doing this is to push an agenda. They know. They know. And now we're, we're going to get into a bigger issue here as we zoom out into politics. Um, the reason why English Parliament wants you to focus on Abramovich and these sanctions is because they failed the Ukrainian people. And this isn't just this isn't just an English Parliament thing. This goes for my Congress, the French, the French Parliament. We failed the Ukrainian people. We knew this was world. going to happen. The, whole world, the entire bro. world. We knew for months that he was going to invade Ukraine. For months, and no one way. chose to do anything. No one. And now you cannot, you cannot try to validate your sins by by rep by by uh, inflicting reparations on someone else that's what this is and i want everyone to I, I just want you to take that away from this episode if you get nothing else you can think roman abramovich is a scumbag you can think in, any of that you need to at the end of the day the one thing i want you to take away from this episode is the only reason why abramovich's head is on a platter is because they failed the ukrainian people and not even and when i say they they i'm not talking about just the english i'm not talking about just the french i'm not talking about just the, everyone Everyone failed the Ukrainian people. And now I do not believe, I do not believe that the, what is the, the actions they are taking against Roman Abramovich are fair. I think Roman Abramovich is the closest Russian in UK. And so he is the easiest one to strike on. I think he's the biggest Russian oligarch name they have. Everyone know every, if you are anyone that cares about football, you know who Roman Abramovich is. I don't think that's deniable. And I feel like that is the reason why his head is on a platter right now for no other reason than the fact that he's a big named Russian oligarch. And I think we'll see these sanctions fail. I don't think they'll be able to land any successful sanctions on him. Um, I think the sentence Mendez read right there is everything you need to know. There's no evidence. There's none. And like, I wish if, if the facts were different, I would come on here and tell you something different. If I would have spent this weekend digging and found just overlapping proof that Roman Abramovich is a Russian warlord, I would have come on this show and I would have told you that. But unfortunately, I could not find any evidence of it, not even a little bit. Not, and and I, we could ask Mendez the same question. I, I asked it to him earlier in the show, hell. Was there anything substantial you found 
that proved to you that Roman Abramovich should not be the owner of Chelsea Football Club? No. And I feel like that it's it's not a debatable thing. And like I would love to bring and the, the part of me wanted to be able to bring you the other side of this argument, why Parliament wants him gone. But I cannot find you an excuse other than he is the biggest Russian oligarch they know. That's it. I mean, and I wish there was more substance I could add. I wish I could tell you that um, they had him on a platter. There was a wiretap. There was a, a picture. There was a oh, – hell, I guess we have a picture, right? I mean, that's, that's all we've got. And I just – we will continue to milk this till the end. Next, the the thing I want to talk about now, Mendez, is um, I want to talk about – it's hard right now because it's going to be a lot of prediction because we don't know who the next owner, owner is going to be or ownership group is going to be. Do you think Chelsea Football Club remains at the pedigree it's at right now? They gotta I'm, af- I'm asking you to speculate a little bit. It's tough. I know. I would say yes and no, but more more towards the no side, simply because the the billionaires in the world. How many of them do you talk? Do you see talk about soccer or your not like football, a or How much? Not yeah, like a Brahma exactly, match. and. Remind me when was the last time you seen Arsenal, the Arsenal owner or the Manchester United owner or any any premiership? No, not. Let me tell you, I watch a lot of United games. I can't remember the last time. I know he sits in the box every now and then, but I mean, he's not a staple. If Abramovich is at a Chelsea game, he's on the broadcast. They're letting us know, hey, Roman Abramovich is here. Look, everybody's waving at Abramovich. Nobody gives a damn when Joe Glazer goes to Old Trafford. Right. Nobody gives a damn. Bro, I couldn't even tell you the name of the Arsenal owner because nobody gives a damn. I mean, that's that is the the state A because they're they're they've destroyed the culture of the football club, and Arsenal fans will lie to your face and try to tell you their culture is still intact. No, it's not. They're no, scrapping not. and crawling just to get back into Champions League. They don't even they don't even have a Champions League f- culture anymore. Their culture now is we just gotta finish top four. If Mikel Arteta finishes top four this season, he's a hero. Tell me I'm lying, Mendez. You're not. When exactly. was the last time they finished top four? That's what, what like, I'm saying. It's been what, Arsenal four seasons? Last season? Five seasons, right? It's been so long. Uh, since uh, the last time Arsenal was relevant, Alexis Sanchez was relevant. <laughs> Ozil was relevant. <laughs> like, uh, I mean, and the my concern going forward with Chelsea is I've got a feeling this will be an American ownership group, and I feel like I can give you as honestly as an opinion as a valid American myself. Americans do not understand the Premier League. That has been proven time and time again. And the the thing that just blows my mind is there an American ownership group will go in there and they will fire everyone remotely close related to Roman Abramovich. They will fire his entire staff, every scout he has, every uh, director he has. They'll all be gone. And they'll hire in a whole bunch of new people that have never run Chelsea Football Club before. I don't know what or Chelsea any, Football any, Club stands for. Or any European football club. At that Damn, I think the best example I can give you right now is Newcastle. Newcastle came in with a lot of money. A lot of money. Newcastle Football <laughs> Club is currently the richest football club in the world. And it's not close. It, it is not close. Unfortunately, what they did in the dugout and in the front office is not going to work. And I stress this to Mendez when that ownership group took, took over. It does not matter how much money you bring unless you bring the right people. Because the reason why Abramovich was so successful. He brought in the right people. He brought in the chosen one. I mean, his name was literally the chosen one. 
Like, I don't, well, I don't his, think you can go much. His first season, he won the Premier League, right? Ex- yeah, first right. In the, the first, the next year, they gave up 14 goals in the league. I mean, like, that is Abramovich exactly, exactly what he was doing. And the, the state of Chelsea Football Club. Sorry, I got a little parched right there. The state of Chelsea Football Club completely changed in 2003. They were... Everyone and anyone wanted to get a piece of Chelsea as they were signing Blitz and Glamour, and it was Shevchenko, and it was DDA Drogba, and it was Fernando Torres, and it was better check, and it was European elite, and it was absolutely beautiful to watch, man. And unfortunately, I think that culture will die. Um, I, I, I want to tell you otherwise. I want to give you some sense of hopeless optimism as a Chelsea fan, but unfortunately, I think that culture will die, and I think... Um, we will see a – it could be better. I mean, technically, technically it could be better. Um, unfortunately, how high the bar is set, I think we will see a different Chelsea football club. Hopefully, it's still Big Six-esque. I feel like it will be just because of the level of the brand. Um, mm-hmm. Even even if Roman Abramovich steps away, it won't take away what Tuchel is building, what Tuchel is putting in place. But I do think we will see massive shifts in the culture as we lose this. Uh, like, like, think about how much – like. Uh, like think about the relief Tuchel has now about his job. I mean, we know the new the new owners will not be sacking gaffers like Abramovich does. And like that's obviously something that will change. And I think it's something that's certainly interesting to keep your eyes on when you when you see that new group take over. I'm telling you, take notes of where they're from because it matters, man. It really does. Uh, experience in the Premiership is crucial. But while we talk while we're talking world football, Mendez, I've got another story that is in the works. It is brewing as we speak. Um. I don't know when I'm getting a public announcement yet. Uh, could be tomorrow. Could be next week. Um, but as I stack on the bad news, there have been bad waves. Week, huh? Yes. Um, there has been progress. There have been rumblings and rumors on the uh, darker part of my source side that are saying the Super League is on its way. Um, I do have 10 clubs. Um, oh, God. Oh, golly, I lost my phone. That's I did have 10 clubs for you. And the, the three, your three victims from your last time are still anchoring this pursuit, according to my sources, as Real Madrid and Barcelona lead to lead or lead the approach to the Super League. Mendez, my question to you, um, tell me first a little bit uh, what you know about the Super League and then be what you think about the Super League. And then I'll give you mine. So before it was deconstructed, uh, what was it like last year, I think? Yes, sir. Right? Or, oh, yeah, last year. It, it was, was basically just feels like the, decades ago, but no, it was only a year ago. Right. Um, it was just the big clubs of Europe. So you could be top four in your league, but it, it's only gonna be the chosen people, chosen teams. The royalty. The, the royalty. The royal ones. The ones that are gonna bring up the money. That's the main reason it's made because of money, because the original idea was get everyone out of debt, but I, I don't no, think uh, it's a good idea. That- so um, I, I agree with everything he said. Um, so basically the Super League is a picking of, like we talked about Chelsea, these royalty clubs, um, your Manchesters, your Liverpools, your Milan's, Barcelona, Madrid, your Barca's, yes, your Juventus, all these, of them. These, and uh, I believe the number was 16 the first time. Um, yeah, it was it was like only the elite of elite clubs that could it was, be in it. I think the smallest club probably in the mix was probably Borussia Dortmund. Um, I think Borussia Dortmund and then Arsenal. Arsenal not being a small football club in history, but being a small football club at the moment. And I think Mendes hit it on the head. It's all about money. Um, 
I love Florente Perez as a mind. Um, the uh, ability to understand the game of football as as a game of 11 men is undeniable. Uh, his knowledge is through the roof. He can build an XI unlike anyone else on this planet, and I think that's not deniable. Unfortunately, his greed, um, his uh, need to be a, I almost want to say tyrant. Um, I don't know if Mendez will agree with me on the word tyrant, but I, I, I think Florente Perez sees himself as a god. I, I, I think he sees himself as um, somebody that is uh, just a backbone to the game of football and what football means. And I feel like that's why he wants the Super League. He wants to be a commissioner. He wants to be a, a president. He wants to be a somebody that is, is moving pieces across the chessboard. Unfortunately for me, the Super League is a no. The Super League is, is unfortunately killer, killer to everything. I, I And definitely, I think Alan would agree with me, everything he knows and loves about football. Football um, is, about, is, is about fans. It's about culture. It's about... 60, Passion. 70, 100 years of, the, of these league histories, man. Uh, the premiership uh, goes, the history goes back to what? Before the First World War? The 1800s? Yeah, like 1890s. Exactly. Like, 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 it's just insane, man. It's just insane. I, I am here for the history. I am here for the legacy. I am here for, I am here for the, the, the explosion at Trafford as someone heads to the corner. I'm here for the you never walk alone at Liverpool. I'm not here for the money. I don't care that United turns $2 billion annually, bro. That doesn't, that doesn't flatter me. That doesn't excite me. I care, about, I care about trophies. I care about titles. I care about success. And I care about culture. All of those things are destroyed when you take on the Super League. The Super League destroys um, the Champions League. It destroys your domestic cups. It destroys your Club World Cup. It destroys your Super Cup. It destroys all of your competitions. There would only be one thing. It would just be the Super League. That's it. And I think that's what people don't understand is there's so much competition. Tell me, Monday through Monday or seven days in the week, how many of the days is there a football match on? I think four. Four, four days. Four out of the seven days of the week, there's a football match on. And hell, even sometimes in January and December when it gets muggy, you can get football on five or six days of the week. Like, it is absolutely insane. That if we get the Super League, bro, we'll just be watching games once a month. (laughs) Like, that's what it'll be. It'll be two math days a month. Like, that would be miserable. That would suck. It would be terrible. And I just, I hate this idea. Um, I hate the overwhelming aspect of greed that comes with the idea of the Super League. Um, I think it is hand in hand tied to um, the idea of the two year World Cup. Um, I think oh, both of God. them are, are samples so of ways to horrible. just massively increase revenue. Um, one of them now, granted, and this is the craziest part. I, I think UEFA understands, but I don't think regular people understand um, if the Super League came uh, about, um, <laughs> the official sponsor of the Super League would be FIFA. It would be the FIFA Super League. And that is the thing that people don't understand is this does not just make the club's money. This is a FIFA scheme. I cannot say that enough. I, I blame Florento Perez because he's the mastermind from the club level. But I promise you, FIFA is doing everything it can to instrument this process. Do you know... Um, 
Mendez, ask me who the number one enemy of FIFA is. The number one enemy of FIFA. It's UEFA. It's UEFA. They hate UEFA. At the end of the day, uh, one of the biggest enemies to the two-year World Cup is UEFA. Mendez, tell me if FIFA, if FIFA creates a Super League, what would it do to UEFA? In the stream. In what, days? Minutes, maybe? Maybe seconds. Hell, I don't know. Like, I, <laughs> the UEFA stock would just bottom out. It would become absolutely useless. It would lose all of its marketing rights, all of its TV value. And that mm-hmm. is the idea here. That's what I want people to understand. This is not a play. FIFA doesn't care about the good of the game. FIFA doesn't want to see the perfect football. FIFA doesn't they want to make want you to see happy. that money. They you want to see that money, care bro. about that net worth. Mm-hmm. And this move, I'm telling you, man, this, this would be one of the most cutthroat business moves ever. It would destroy UEFA. It would destroy UEFA. And that is, I, don't get me wrong. <laughs> I'm willing to bet you if I went home and did some digging, I could find me plenty of uh, dark alleys that lead down UEFA street. But at the end of the day, FIFA's are right there in the light, man. Uh, right there in the oh, light. I look, at those, I look at those every single day, man. <laughs> every single day. And I just, I've got no interest in making this happen. And I feel like um, it's not, it's not uh, talked about enough, the argument of the fact that this is FIFA's idea to kill UEFA. And um, I just think it's detrimental, man. Um, tell me my, my one question to you um, about the Super League. Uh, I want to hear about it from, as a Barcelona fan, what do you think of, uh, as your club taking steps towards the Super League. Tell me what you could say. If you could say one thing, what would you say to ownership, to the boardroom? I know we're in, like, heavy debt, but you got to look at it for your fans and what it would do. Don't look at the pros. Stop looking at the how much money you would get if you win it because damn well we know we're not going to win it. We'd probably place, like, mid-table at best. <laughs> He's a realist. I like that. Yeah. You got to look at it as stop looking at the at the revenue and what it would create. You got to look at it as a what is it going to do to my fans? Are my fans going to like it? Because at the end of the day, you're not going to make money if you don't win the if you don't win the league. You got to make your money from the fans buying your jerseys, buying ding, ding, tickets ding. to the stadiums, and you don't make that with just one league because that super league is going to be like you said, like Calvin said. Destroy League Cup. Um, um, Copa de Reyes, dead. Copa de Reyes, Spanish League, Super Cup, uh, La Liga. It'll destroy all of that. That's three forms of money against one. Just because you're playing a bigger team. And be honest, Mendez, as a Barcelona fan, or tell me, does would you rather a stay where you are winning the trophies that have become historic in the Copa del Rey, Spanish Super Cup, La Liga, Champions League, or do you want to go add a UEFA or a FIFA a Super League trophy to your cabinet? Like, it just doesn't even sound attractive to me. Like, that's, I just, that's like saying that that one trophy, okay, I, the way I see it, the, the owners of, or the crew, Paris sees that, sees that one Super League could equivalent to like a six-tuple. You know like that's I mean? it's gotta be it's that's gotta basically, be that's the only logic I can think of. Is he's gotta we, see it? I as, think I think uh, the I think the six tuple means way more like a hundred times more you winning that than uh, a super league. Because come on, you see Bayern fans when they won the six tuple. You see Barcelona fans when you saw them in the 09. Nothing compares. When they won, nothing compares. 
passion. You see, you seen the fans going crazy. You saw Messi out of there. You saw if you, you asked everyone a having fun. Barcelona player you that was a passion. part of that team, um, what the greatest moment of their career was. I'm almost willing to bet every single one of them would tell you it would be winning the Club World Cup because it was the last of the sex couple had completed it. And I think that moment is so uncomparable. Just so only two teams have done that. Only two. So uncomparable. Well, I guess it's not for Pep. Pep doesn't really care about it because he's done it so much. But everyone else on the planet, it is such a big deal to. And the fact that we're just looking to strip it away. Um, Everything I know and love about the game of football would be gone overnight with the creation of the Super League. Everything. You, you wouldn't have everything. that Leicester City, that underdog in the Champions everything. League anymore. There, so you have, I've, I've been watching sports actively for probably about 10 years now. Probably, no, not actively. I play about eight, eight, six years active enjoyment of sports. There has never, never in my life has there been a better three-month stretch of, of sports, of sports, than watching the run that Leicester City went on. When Jamie Vardy scored his in a, his 11th straight game, it was like watching just a disciple of Christ return from heaven. I just could not believe the, the level of the, the moment, the intensity, the Leicester fans. It was just unreal every single game. And every single game, you had to look yourself at, you had to watch the TV thinking, there's no way in hell Leicester City is going to win the premiership. There's no way, right? There's no way. And the that that just year of it of just pure excitement is something that we never would have got. Never. It never would have happened. It wouldn't have, it's not something that even could have been in consideration. Leicester City went from a team that was projected to go down. The first game of the season, and, and I, I highly encourage you to go watch this. The first game of the season, they come out the tunnel and um the commentators are doing the game. And the commentator says, yeah, honestly, I would be in- incredibly impressed if, if Lester can just find a way to stay up. If uh, he can just find a way to keep Lester in the premiership, I think it'd be a really good season. And they went on to win the freaking league. 5,000 to one. 5,000 to one. And they won the league. And that is what the Super Cup denies us of. The Super Cup denies us of, of Ajax to the semifinals a couple seasons ago, watching Mathis Delit and Frankie DeJong just go on a run of a lifetime. Uh, th- those these are these are experiences that cannot be recreated. Um, Liverpool Real glory. Just think about the the iconic because we have had a lot a lot of iconic moments over the past couple of seasons that are that would have just been erased with a champ with the Super League. The, between the Champions League moments, the league moments, how even some FA Cup moments that would that would have just been gone because of the Super League. Could you imagine if we wouldn't have gotten Aguero? Like, could you, ima- could you imagine if they were playing in the Super League instead of QPR? Like, I mean, just so much history that would have been gone, just erased. And I, I think I think Leicester is a great example. There is not a single Leicester City fan that you can find that is in support of the Super League. It would destroy everything they achieved as a club. Everything. The, the wiped off. Just wiped, just gone, erased from history, gone to be talked about as a pastime. And that is what Florente Perez wants. Maybe, okay, that's not fair. Maybe not Florente Perez as bad as FIFA, but they, they're looking for a clean slate. The, the, the idea of the great reset, this is the same thing, but in football. It's the football version of the great reset. That's what they want. They want a clean slate. They want to start fresh. They want to be uh, European royalty. They want football to be separated by two tiers, the top class and everybody else. 
That that is that is what they want. And unfortunately, I'm just not interested in that, man. I'm not. That defeats the system of competition. And I know, and that's the thing that blows my mind is a lot of people say that the Super League is the best way for us to get the highest level of competition. No, it's not. Are you watching You're what's ups- going on in the premiership this season? Are you I'm about to watch ups- a 12 there's- point gap at the top of the table disappear? I am about to watch a 12-point gap at the top of the table, gone, overnight, overnight, in a blink of my eye, in two weeks, gone. And you mean to tell me I'm going to get better competition out of a Super League? You mean to tell me that as I gamp up, as, as I get ready for my second leg in these Champions League fixtures, that the Super League is going to give me better competition than that? You mean to tell me that the, the, the level of intensity in Real Madrid for this return leg against PSG isn't going to be crazy? You're, you're going to tell me that the level of competition as Atletico comes to Old Trafford with a chance to send Ronaldo home isn't going to be high enough for you. I just have a hard time getting behind that argument. I just have an incredibly hard time getting behind that argument. And I just – I can't understand this. I just cannot understand this. And I think – I wanted to bet you agree with me. I don't, I don't think this makes sense to you either. It doesn't. You, you literally destroyed what football was created from. Huh? just destroying it. You were burning it to the ground, melting it into a pot of ash to rubble. And um, as I think one of the greatest lessons we saw from the first time this happened is that there is nothing that unites football fans like this. There is nothing. Um, I think we saw. What was it like within the two hours that it was created? You saw Liverpool fans, you saw United fans, you saw Chelsea fans outside of their own stadium. Globally, and what, coast and to coast. What did Roman do? Country. What did Roman do? He pulled it. The moment, pulled the it. moment the fans told him, the moment the he Chelsea fans it. made it abundantly clear they had no interest in the Super League, Abramovich struck it from the table. And I promise you, the only reason why Chelsea gets anywhere remotely close to this deal is because Abramovich is gone. Abramovich had no interest in this. Abramovich had no interest in this. The fans didn't want it, so he didn't want it. And the owners you see, if, if, if your owner or your board of investees signs your club up for this, I highly encourage you to push them out. The reason why the Glazers are on their way out of United, because I believe they're on their way out. I believe it might not be this year. It might be slowly over the next couple, but they're on their way out. You know the reason why? The, 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 the wave that broke the dam was the Super League. When they, when they decided to rip out everything that Fergie and United stood for, they were finished. They were finished, and that is something we see from club to club. Mendes, nothing Barcelona stands for. Nothing that is taught at La Mesa teaches you that the Super League would be their approach. The, the, the principles of competition, the principles of being the best, the principles to compete, that is what is taught at La Mesa, the greatest academy in the world. They preach to you, compete, compete, compete. Compete. But what is the owners telling you? What is your board of investees telling you? They're not telling you to compete. They're not. Te- they're. Te- they're telling you we're gonna go run off and hide. We're. We're gonna go. We're gonna go. We're gonna go to the league that secures us because the reason why money is not set in these leagues is you have to win. You get paid in the Champions League from winning. You get paid in the Premiership for winning. For winning. TV money comes in. Don't get me wrong, but if you win, where you finish in the table, that matters. Prize money is big. That is how clubs get funded. The Super League would pay everybody. It's a comp- it's it, it's a it's a it's a competition prize. I mean, it's uh everyone who competes gets a prize. There's no losers. Um, there's a winner, but there's no losers. I mean, 
you get to play on the biggest stage. Uh, you get to run around with the club's greatest. Um, and the other thing that this would kill for me, um, the Super League would mean that all of the best talent would have to be funneled into certain clubs. And I don't – I think some people would say that – they would tell you that's how it is already, but I don't think so. Um, I think there are guys who play at um, places like Portal, Dortmund, because they know that this is still championship football. I'm still going to play in the, in, in the Champions League. West Ham, West Ham has top-notch talent. Tell me there's some premiership teams that wouldn't be included in this. Leicester, Wolves, these teams have – these are not jokers. These are not jokers. And the thing is – You see Wolves pushing for Champions League. When was the last time you ever saw Wolves? West Ham, for Christ's sake, Thomas Suchek is quality. I I can't think of their forward name right now. Um, Uh, Which one? Antonio. Antonio is quality. Antonio? Is quality. Like, uh, Lanzini at Cam is quality. I mean, like, these teams are not – like, these are not full of – Philip Coutinho's playing at Villa now. I mean, like, these are – Castle. Castle is on its way. I promise you, if Castle stays up, the improvements this summer will be vast. If – you set up the Super League. You take this. Wait, so now, Mendes, I got a question for you, actually. Let's play hypothetical here because I just ran into a pretty interesting point myself. Newcastle has to be a Super League team now, huh? They yeah. have to be. With all there's, that no money way, they have? there's no way you can say Newcastle is not a Super League. And see, now we've got but a yeah, problem. Now we've got a problem. going out? What are they, 15? 15th, right? Is the 15th seeded team in the Premiership You're not going to be in the Super League? Is, is there going to be an application process? Like, this <laughs> is why it does not work. It does not work. And uh, I just it, it's unfair. It be, I think I think the word here is unfair, bro. Because Mendez, you know the average championship game in the in England. So the the second division in England, on average, there's fifteen thousand people at the average you, you premiership. Go ahead. Go you ahead. Gotta remember, uh, those stadiums are pretty small. Those exactly, exactly. Those stadiums are. But small they're always too. packed. They're always and they're packed. all. And, but the fact that we, um, I for those of y'all who don't understand crowd size, uh, fifteen k is about what you put into a college basketball game. They put that into the second tier division in English football. The second tier, not even the top tier. If you take away the Premier League, you destroy that system. Because do you know how many flights there are in English football? I guarantee you, most of our viewers don't. There's eight of them. There's eight. And. Every single tier matters. The people in Division 8 are scrappy and crawling to get into Division 7. And the people in Division 6 are scrapping and crawling not to go down to Division 7. You destroy that entire system with the Super League. Um, talents like Jamie Vardy, who climb all the way from Division 10, we won't see that anymore. Talent like, the- oh, I think Angola Conte was one. Angola Conte, Riyad Mahrez, anybody on that Leicester team. Eduardo Mindy. Like all of these, Eduardo Mindy, a great one. All of these guys who were resurrected by just getting here. a chance. Just get, exactly. you, you know what Angola Conte got? He got a chance. Claudio Renier gave him a chance. And you know what he did? He turned it into three premiership titles and one of the greatest defensive men's of all time because he was simply given an opportunity. Jamie Vardy, Jamie Vardy, all he wanted was a chance to play in the Prem. All he wanted, he talks about, he dreamed of for years. He would do anything, anything to validate himself as a footballer. And what did he do the moment he got on the biggest stage? Scored 11 goals in a row to win multiple golden boots and a premiership trophy. The that is the biggest, the most important trophy. The, the equivalent of my Mavs NBA title for my non-football listeners. Like, that is what that title is. It is everything. 
It is everything. That is when I think of what football is, football is Leicester in 1617. That is that is football. That is soccer. That is what this game is. That is what this game is. That is what this game can do. And I think um, one of the the biggest detri- like one of the things the Super League will just swing a hammer through is culture in these countries, man. Um, at the end of the day, the Premiership fans are ruthless to each other. I mean, I I hate Liverpool. <laughs> Mendes knows I hate nothing. I hate more. Just the uniform makes me sick. Just the you like that stupid stupid red. Why why on one side of the chest is the red a lighter color than the other side of the chest? What the <laughs> f- is that? It's so stupid. You never walk alone. Shut your mouth. Like, but at the end of the day, it's nothing but the utmost respect for them. It's nothing but the utmost respect because I know what they stand for. I know the culture. I know what those fans think about that club, how much they care. And the Super League destroys all of that, man. It destroys all of that. And uh, the All those upsets? Tell me the Barcelona-Real Madrid. Tell me El Clasico is the same in the Super League. Tell me it's the same. No. Oh, it's not. Because you would be facing them like, okay, don't get me wrong, two times a year, but it, it wouldn't be the same. Just simple as that. It would not be the same. It wouldn't you be would have to... the Spanish fans. Mm-hmm. Just think about it. The entire country rallies around that game because, I mean, even if you're not a Barcelona Real Madrid fan, your team's in the league. You got to care. It's the top of the table. I mean, the like that is – with the Super League, you just um, – you cannot – and this is what I think the mistake FIFA is making. You cannot discredit the fans of these smaller clubs. Um, you cannot just erase Leicester City because Leicester City has fans. That is not debatable. Newcastle, um, Newcastle has fans. They have culture. Up hell, Mendez. When was the last time you could think of Blackburn being in the Premiership? <laughs> they still oh have fans. God. They still have fans. <laughs> I'm pretty like sure they're in the third division now. And they still mm-hmm. have fans. You are going to disc like all yeah, of those people. I have a good example. Not... Go ahead. Let me hear it. Middles, the upset that Middlesbrough has given to Manchester, a top two, top six team to Manchester United and Tottenham Spurs. Two top six teams. Two of them. A run for the ages, man. A run for the ages. That and no, just and swept. Just gone. Never, never to be talked about again. Never, never exactly. to be seen. We won't. And that is the danger. That is the danger. I just want people to understand that there, you might not understand it, but it's there. It's there. This game means more than money. And this is, we're going to take this full circle here. This is the same thing with the World Cup. The World Cup is about culture. It's about what the trophy stands for, what it means. If you bring that trophy Back to your country. If you bring that trophy back to your country, you are immortal. You will never, ever be forgotten. Diego Maradona was addicted to cocaine and hookers. (laughs) And hookers. And he is a icon. A, not, no, 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 not, he, not even, he is a cultural icon because of what he did during that tournament. That is, it is um, Pele. Pele's legacy has been knocked. People say he played an offside. The only thing you cannot deny, he won the World Cup. He brought Brazil glory. 
so much glory. And he is seen as a god down there because of what he did. A god down there, what he did. Colombia. Colombia is a great example in 96. When Colombia was at its high point, when Pablo Escobar tension was rough, it was rough down there. You know what that country rallied around? The World Cup. The World, the World Cup. freaking Cup. That is what the World Cup does. If you make the World Cup every two years for the end, the only reason why is to get paid. The, there, is no, there is no other reason you want the World Cup every <clears> single two years. I promise you. I highly encourage you. If you're watching this show and you can think of another reason to have the World Cup every two years, please reach out to me and I will bring you on the show because I can't think of one. I can't think of one. And I believe that Mendez would agree with me. Mendez, give me one reason why the World Cup should be every two years. I literally have zero. None, none. I'm like, this is the same thing that, like with Roman Abramovich, we talked about at the beginning of the episode. I would love to give you something bad. I don't have it. And this is the same thing with the Super Bowl. I would love to give you a positive for the World <clears throat> Cup being every two years. I would love to give you something. But I can't. It, it There's takes, no reason. It takes away what the World Cup means. Because how many chances do you get if the World Cup is every four years? What, two, maybe two. Three. Maybe. If you're, three, if you're, if you're good, two? three. Maybe. But two yeah. is a blessing. If you go to two World Club Cups, that's a blessing. Exactly. You you get the World Cup two times a year, the trophy becomes less, less what is it? And think about it. If if the what World the Cup's world every two – valuable. It loses all its value. Valuable, yeah. It just has no exactly. value. It has no value. And the, the, the thing I want people to understand is – so uh, let's take – let's use Messi, for example. And so we can start in 2006, right? And so what? He's played three. Imagine if the World Cup was every two years. He would have played, what, ten? Yeah. <laughs> Eight? He would have probably won one by now. Like, Tell right, honestly, honestly, like, I really do believe so. I'm willing to bet both of our goats would have had one by now. Um, I'm willing to bet you teams like France, teams like uh, Brazil, teams like England, they would have so Neymar many. Neymar would have, would have had one. Because, exactly, because the more ch- the thing that makes the World Cup so uh, uh, mentally tough Mentally, because oh, the World yeah. Cup is incredibly exhausting. Do you know why? Because it is all on the line. It is win or go home. And if you go home, you ain't coming back anytime soon. Yeah, it, it ain't like you, you got to wait yourself another next four year. years. Exactly. That's the great thing about the Champions League. If you get bounced out of the Champions League early, don't worry. We recoup. We win our league, and we come back the next season to give it another run. Ask Brazil what happened after that 7-1 thumping to Germany. It was the only thing that was talked about in that country for four years. For four years. The only thing they talked about was getting back to that tournament to revenge that L. Because it was embarrassing. That is what the World Cup, that is the value of the World Cup. The players, the players. Kylian Mbappe at 18 years old bursted into tears because he couldn't believe he had gotten one. The fact that he got even at 18, he was he was just he couldn't even imagine it. He couldn't even imagine it. And every single time a reporter asks him, "Are you going to get a second one?" he laughs. Every single time, I highlight go go find him in Mbappe interview because he has so many of them because he's so damn young. Every there has been multiple occasions where a reporter has asked Kylian Mbappe, "Or are you going to win another World Cup?" Well, what, and he remind laughs. me when was the last time you ever saw a player in the two World Cups? I think the last time I saw was R nine. I, I think so. I think we're all what happened in the nineties, bro. In the nineties, yeah, a long time ago. Uh, we haven't had a back to back champ. We um, I haven't had two. We haven't had two winners in my lifetime. There's no country that has won it twice in my lifetime. Let's and see. Uh, going, going all the way back to two thousand and three, we don't we don't have a single repeat winner. 
Nope. Um, Italy, maybe Spain, Germany, France. Think yeah, about. Nope. Think about, um, and I think this is uh, one of the reasons why uh, the World Cup curse is so uh, real is because it is so mentally exhausting to come back and do it again. Once you get that one, and this is why losing the final was so detrimental, and this is what I told people about the Flying Dutchman. Um, the Flying Dutchman in, in 2014, they were, they, they were probably maybe not better, but just as equally talented as 2010. I think the loss of Wesley Snyder was really big, but unfortunately they couldn't overcome the mental gap to get back. It was just too draining. They could not accept the fact, because one of the things that sucks about the world cup and not even about the world cup sports in general, you cannot be successful in sports until you accept the fact that you can lose at any given moment. um, You can lose Uh, any game, any day you get up, you play bad, you can lose. The thing that makes you great in the world cup is when you let that pressure go. And there are so many teams. Um, Spain. Spain had one of the greatest excises we've ever seen assembled during 2010. And they brought a lot of those pieces back in 2014. And a lot of those pieces were still in their prime. Some of them had even gotten better. Some of them had even gotten better. But unfortunately, they, they had already accepted the fact that they were winners. They had just thought, we, we, we can do this again. We know the formula. And that's not how the World Cup works. It is too mentally exhausting to come in there lackadaisical and if you make it every two years, you destroy that idea. It becomes a trophy that's just in everyone's cabinet now. And I do not, I do not think that is worth any amount of billions of dollars FIFA makes. Any, there's no number. There's no number you can put on that value. And I think that's what FIFA's trying to do right now. They're just trying to find the right number. And I know, I think the last time they said that the World Cup every two years would increase revenue by like six bill or some crap like that. Who cares? <laughs> Who cares? What are you going to do with that money? I'll tell you what they're going to do with that money. They're going to make our world worse. <laughs> That's what FIFA does. Super yachts. They're going to yeah. buy those super yachts. That's what FIFA does. Anytime you buy a, a ticket, because at the end of the day, most of your World Cup tickets are going straight to FIFA, just know you're making the planet worse, man. You make because that's the only thing they do with that money. They don't do anything productive. They don't do anything good. They're not helping out. They're not kicking it back to charities. Oh, that's not true. They are, but they're fake charities that they're just paying themselves with. I think we saw that in 2018. <laughs> and I just, it blows my freaking mind that there are pundits out there that can side on the side of FIFA. How, how do you back this organization? How do you back these scumbags? These scumbags, because I, I don't, I don't use that word lightly either. I don't want people to think I'm just saying scumbags get you to laugh. No, these are actual scumbags. These are <laughs> multi-billionaire scumbags. And that is, I have no interest in increasing their revenue. I have no interest in increasing their revenue at the detriment of my game. It's the same thing with the Super League. I have no interest in increasing their revenue to the detriment of our leagues. Why? Why? Dave, one thing they've given you. Nothing. There's not, there's none. There's none. And I honestly believe one of the things that should come out of this, and this is my last point before we get out of here. Um, one thing that I want to see come out of the super league is there needs to be, there needs to be serious reform on FIFA. Um, I'm at the point now between Gee, bro, you got to start all the way from the bottom to the top. I, I listen, promise you everyone there is corrupt. This is my idea. I think, um, uh, honestly, FIFA, if you're listening to this, I'll be more than happy to lead this investigation for you guys as well. I think you just need to send someone in there, give them a conference room, and give them a polygraph. And every single employee in that building, every single, I don't care if you clean the damn floors, every single employee that gets a paycheck from FIFA, 
will sit down at that polygraph and answer a set of questions. Did you or did you not know where the World Cup was going? Did you or did you not play a role in Qatar? Did you? Or did, Russia, this, Russia, is, Russia. this is another like this is a serious point right here. This is now that I thought about this before we move off. Tell me where was the World Cup in 2018? Where did Russia. FIFA send billions of dollars to an economy? What country was that? Russia. And and remind me, Russia. Did did, did did Putin take over yesterday? Is he new? Did he just get here? They must have just showed up. Nope. This, right? No, no, no. Putin must have come after the World Cup. He wasn't there during the World Cup, right? <laughs> oh, wait. Right. Wait. Yeah, he was. He was. And so now, <laughs> now we have a problem because he's invaded somebody. He, we've got a problem. But, oh, wait, 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 wait. We can bring UEFA into this, too. Ask me where the Champions League final was supposed to be this year, Ayan. See? Petersburg, Saint Russia. Petersburg, Russia, baby. Right there, smack dead in the middle of communist Russia. And my thing is, is, is y'all, it, those of you who know me know how much love I've got for communists in my heart. But at the end of the day, the fact that this is now two, two, and back to I, back, back to back. I, I don't even think your guess is as good as mine on how many people are going to die in Qatar. I mean, I honestly, I hate being a speculative and I, I hate honestly, negativity. I I think there's like a hundred instead of already nine. Already, already, just from construction of the stadium, and they will, bro. Watch this. I'm gonna, I'm about to put on this on the show, live on the show. I'm about to put into a search engine. How many people have died from FIFA in Qatar? My top three articles are all speculation. Nobody even knows. Nobody even knows. So there's not a single person who cares enough to simply take a trip to Qatar. Take a trip because we're we're perfectly fine sending God knows who's construction crew out there. I mean, God knows where FIFA found this contractor. Because, I mean, I'm, hey, I promise with, you. With bad working conditions, too. Don't forget that. But the thing is, is where the hell do you find someone that is just down to build you an entire city in the desert? <laughs> where the hell do you? Are those people just in the yellow book? Can I, is that just on my Google Maps? Can I just look up people to build entire cities? And they funded this overnight? Overnight? In 15 minutes? It's just like, I do, I do not understand. And this is, this is my biggest issue in world football is, the, is just the global hypocrisy. The global, we only care about Ukraine. The only reason why global football cares about Ukraine is because it's the right thing to do. That's the only reason they just why. followed everyone's footsteps. They, they, they it's followed the right everyone's footsteps. And I, I highly, I want people to, I want you to realize that too, as we go through this incredibly dark days of this war, I want you to understand the people that only care because it's convenient. Because those are the people that you need to take notice of. The people who don't care about the actual situation, they just care because you care. That's a problem. If you don't understand the wrong that is going on over there, and like I said, I hate doing politics on this show, man. I really do. I hate doing politics. I love bringing y'all the lovey, the fun, the lighter side. I love fighting with each other. But at the end of the day, this is something that is pretty damn important right now, and I'm tired of people not understanding it. You cannot care about something because it is the right thing to do. That doesn't make it the right thing to do. That, that makes you an idiot. That makes you an idiot. If you see somebody get mugged and you walk down the street and like, ah, oh, damn, he's getting mugged. That sucks. That doesn't make you a good person. That does not make you a good person. And that is all FIFA tries to do. FIFA wants to say, well, you know, really sucks what goes on in the world, man. That, that's sad. Um, prayers out to you guys. Uh, hopefully that gets better. 
uh, we'll put something on Instagram. Don't worry. Uh, we'll change our, our Instagram picture to the, to the rainbow flag and we'll put the stuff in our bio. But at the end of the day, we don't give a damn. We don't give a damn. And I just, I'm tired of the group. I'm just tired of people falling for that stuff, man. They don't care, bro. They're just doing, they're just following the masses. They're doing what is the most convenient for their dollar. And I think, I think that is the great, the best way we can end our episode is that statement right there, because I think that comes back full circle to Abramovich as well. They do not care because it's the right thing to do. Nobody in British parliament has a problem with Roman Abramovich because it is the right thing to do. They have a problem with Roman Abramovich because it is the it is the correct political course. They licked their finger and they put the wind and they put the finger in the air and they saw which way the wind was blowing. And they follow that direction. I just need you to understand that simple aspect. Mendez, I really appreciate you sitting down with me for this episode, bro. This has been um, probably my most interesting one we've done. I don't think uh, I, I don't think I've ever this. This was a very different shaped our. our show today and uh if you made it to this point i appreciate it because we did a lot of uh a a lot of digging in this one and like i said this is a really great project i um i think we had a lot of fun putting it together i made i I made a lot of comments earlier that it was a lot of work but at the same time it was a lot of freaking fun man it was a lot of fun we uh turn the lights off put your blanket over your head and dig in deep on the internet and just figure out what the hell you find it's crazy what's out there um i'll tell you guys we will be back here tomorrow uh back little back-to-back episodes for you here um, tomorrow, we're going to talk more um, on the pitch football. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit uh, about the premiership. I did hint at that 10-point gap disappearing. We'll talk about the premiership as well as Champions League as we get closer to return legs. My boy, Ayan, will be back with me tomorrow. I, I might I might have a third guest with me tomorrow. Um, for those of you who don't know, my boy, Kat, did have a little uh, personal uh, personal situation to handle with the family. You can send a text, some support his way. I would greatly appreciate that. But like I said, that is going to do it for us um, on this episode of Inside the Lunch Table. Do me all those fun stuff we talk about. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram. And do me another favor. Do some, do, some, do some of your own research, man. Dig into Roman Abramovich. I would love for one of you guys to some, find some, some Super League stuff. Yeah. Go look into the Super League, man. And if you want to talk about it, text me. Me, Mendez, I'd love to talk to you about these type of things because I love to educate you on these type of things, man. Because it's just so important to me that we get valid information out there. In this day and age of misinformation, I just want to do everything we can to focus on getting real, valid information out to you guys. And so I really hope you enjoyed this uh, this episode. Um, would love, would love some feedback for this one. Mendez, say goodbye to my audience for them. Tell them you'll be back tomorrow, not to worry. See you guys tomorrow with the better, with the with the interesting topics tomorrow again. Yeah, like I said, I know Mendez will enjoy himself a good soccer conversation. <laughs> Y'all guys, do me a favor. Take care. Make sure you check this episode out. I know I'm giving you a back-to-back. Make sure you come back with us tomorrow, okay? We'll see you right back here on Inside the Lunch Table.